Entertainment Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida. U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General, General Cigar, cigar Dave. Dave. This is a special presentation of the Cigar Dave Show, America at War with the Chinese Virus. With the latest intel, here's the Global General, Cigar Dave. Another week at war against the Chinese Wuhan virus. We are at Command Center Alpha in the Cigar City. We are secure. And for the next two hours, we will not be politically correct. We will be truthful. We will not sugarcoat anything. The same conversations that are taking place on phones, text messages, private chats, people that are still congregating while maintaining proper social distancing, we will continue those conversations here and we are going to be joined by a special guest joining us from the European Theater of Operations, the colonel in charge of all of the UK and Europe, Mick the Brit, joining us from his pre I should say his World War II, not pre-World War II, but his World War II secure bunker under his home in a very classified location. It is secure, loaded with masks, loaded with uh, supplies for at least the next 12 months. Mick, you never have to come out of your bunker. I saw the pictures, and it has just uh, been, uh, been revealed yesterday that UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson tested positive for the Chinese Wuhan virus. Mick. Give us an update. What's going on in the European Theater of Operations? <laughs> Greetings, General. No, everything's fine. Um, yeah, great. No, it's good, good thing that, that your cough cannot electronically transfer to me by satellite. That doesn't work. <laughs> um, no, every, everything here is the same as there is with you guys. Uh, it, I mean, we're looking at the news from New York, and uh, London, like New York, is like the epicenter at the moment. Obviously, we got like 10% of the UK's population here. And because people didn't take any notice of what the government was saying. And I have to say, General, I have to say, I think Boris, and I wish him uh, well after that news from yesterday, but I have to say, I think he's been a bit slow to react uh, to what's going on. You, 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 the, the thing he should have done was shut the airports down, the ports down, and take it from there. But we never did that. President Trump did that with Chinese traffic and, of course, was lambasted as being racist. But I'll get to that in just a moment. But as always, you're a global five-star general and alpha male-in-chief front and center, extending to you a long-ash greeting and salutation, a long-ash snappy salute, semper delictatio. Always pleasure. Very difficult in these times, but we will get back to our normal lives when we defeat the Chinese Wuhan virus. We will get back to pleasure maneuvers as always. Don't forget, follow me on social media, Twitter at Cigar Dave Show, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Cigar Dave, email address CigarDave at CigarDave.com. As I look right now on one of my many monitors, computer monitors here at Command Center Alpha, 
We are over 554,000 total confirmed global cases. Now, I would say that number is not realistic. And the reason I say that, I don't believe a word. I don't believe a lick. Anything coming out of communist China, I don't believe. They are blatant, absolute, adulterated liars. We know that President Xi of China and the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, they blatantly lie. In fact, I'm looking at a report right now saying that why are there no new cases in China? There are zero reported cases of Chinese Wuhan virus in China. Why? Because Chinese hospitals now are not allowing anybody to come in that have those symptoms. If you've got Chinese Wuhan symptoms, they don't want you in because then it'll count. And in fact, many people that are dying at home, they're lying about, they are not counting. You cannot believe a lick of what the Chinese communist propaganda machine is spewing. Yet, we see the libstream media, the lamestream media, repeating verbatim as if it is fact, as if it is truth, the numbers that China is reporting. And the U.S. surpassed the story you've heard the last few days, that the U.S. has surpassed China in the confirmed number of Chinese Wuhan virus cases. Let's look at the fact. China is a country of, what, 1.3 billion people? We're a country of 360 million people. So you are telling me that a country in population, that's ballpark, a quarter of China, has more cases, not buying it for a millisecond. The Chinese are blatantly lying. Mick, what is the reaction? What is the perception, the attitude towards China now? I can tell you there's a big backlash going on here in the United States. I believe that I'm at the forefront of leading that, that backlash, that people are fed up with China. They don't believe China. China is, this is now the umpteenth time that they have spread a virus because of their disgusting primitive, unsanitary dining habits that the World Health Organization and other health organizations have been after to stop China from allowing these open-air markets that sell exotic mammals that get bitten by bats, infecting these mammals, and that it makes the animal-to-human bridge because humans eat that garbage. So there is a big backlash. People are fed up with China. They realize that we cannot depend on China as a supply chain. We have to cut off the fact that 80% of pharmaceutical raw materials come from China, 50% of our penicillin, 90% of ibuprofen and acetaminophen. Enough is enough with China. They are our enemy. What is going on in the European theater of operations, Mick? What is the attitude towards the not the Chinese people? The Chinese people, no. we have no problems with. It's the Chinese Communist Party the ruling regime that we have a problem with. What's the attitude there, Mick? Well, unfortunately, they, they've kind of moved on from that. But I can see further down the line there will be a reset in the relationship and the, I would say, the reliance on China, probably. Um, however, I do know for a fact locally the Chinese restaurants, and it's not their fault, but the Chinese restaurants are definitely suffering. No question. And again, I do not blame... Asian Americans, uh, Asian Brits, they left, they escaped from China, they, they migrated from China because they didn't want to live under the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party regime. They wanted out, and I guarantee you, there's a billion three, the population, 
maybe there's what half a million in the Chinese Communist Party that that rule the roost. But I would tell you that almost every Chinese citizen would love to live in a democracy. They would love to get under the the watchful eyes, the oppression of the CCP. As an observation, General, I can tell you categorically that the Chinese people here in the UK, you don't hear nothing out of them. They just keep themselves to themselves, so to speak. They've not got their hand out asking, making demands and being political. They just get on with their, their lives. Well, Mick, let's uh, talk about Boris Johnson. He tested positive for the Chinese Wuhan virus. He said he was going to go into self-quarantine for 14 days. And I believe another cabinet minister, if I'm not mistaken, was uh, announced that he had Chinese Wuhan yeah. virus. The health minister, he's got it. That, that, right. How ironic is that, yeah. the health minister? No, I said indeed. No, you're absolutely right. How, how, how ironic, yeah. We talk about the Brits were late closing down the borders, closing down international travel. And even though President Trump in late January shut off travel from China, my belief at the time was he should have cut all international arrivals, period. Every international. Because even people that said, okay, we're not coming from China, but if you fly from China to Tokyo, China to Vietnam, you can still, or China to London, you can still make your way to the United States. And my feeling was at the time, should have shut everything off. But of course... When he did that, you had many political leaders, mostly the, the Dems, the Democrats, Charles Schumer, how dare we do this? This is racist. This is, this is discriminatory. Well, now looking back, now they're all thrilled that we did that. But here's an interesting twist. The Chinese communist regime took major swipes at America and President Trump for closing down flights from China, saying that... It is it is it is racist. You are singling out one country that it's it's unconscionable to do that. You're jumping the gun. What well, was the right thing to do? But guess who has just barred the entry of all foreign visitors into their country to stop the spread of coronavirus, or as we say, Chinese Wuhan virus? Would you like to take one guess, Mick? North Korea. <laughs> no, I like China. Mick, use common China. sense here. You, yeah, you are yeah. correct. The People's Republic of China, President Xi of China, they are temporarily suspending entry for foreigners beginning, or it actually uh, uh, is started, started last night. So last night at midnight, in the effort to stop the spread of the Chinese Wuhan virus, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs announced they are shutting down the borders. Now, isn't that interesting? They went after the United States. They went after President Trump. It's racist. It's unconscionable. But they don't want the virus that they ended up propagating throughout the world. They don't want it back in their country. How ironic. Isn't it amazing? If that is not calling the kettle black, I have no idea what is. But I'm not done talking about China. And by the way, I want to thank everyone for the multiple emails uh, and comments. I had friends even reaching out to me, calling me, reaching out on, on social media, privately saying, General, you were right, dead nuts on, no political correctness, you're calling it like it is. Well, let's call it like it is. President Xi Jinping is telling its citizens to be proud of their president's G20 teleconference speech Thursday. 
Of course, they've got a big photo of President Xi Jinping. I could say that all day. Jinping floating through some clouds. Uh, Xinhua, the, the, one of the state propaganda machines, media, said that the important speech entitled Hand in Hand to Fight the Epidemic and Overcome the Difficulties, they want that speech broadcast to the world because China is leading world efforts to confront the virus, displacing U.S. leadership of positive international order. Secondly, China should be thanked and rewarded for its efforts. And third, that President Xi Jinping is the instrumental element that ties mutually beneficial Chinese and global efforts together. Let's talk about the truth. China leading the world's efforts to confront the Chinese Wuhan virus? The Chinese communist regime bastards knew about the virus in December. A lab was able to sequence the RNA and had full reports on what was causing it. In fact, many people believe it started probably in October, November. But a lab in Wuhan was able to sequence the RNA. They had the information. They could have shared that with the world to say, be on alert. We've got a new virus epidemic that is going on here. We want to share this with the world, with the World Health Organization, with the CDC. We want everyone to be prepared to start now. Do you know what they did, Mick? No. What the Chinese communist regime did, they went into that lab. They ordered the lab to destroy, uh, to destroy all documentation on the Chinese Wuhan coronavirus, all the documentation, and ordered them to destroy all the RNA sequencing and the virus, everything they had worked on. Every sample they had, they ordered everything to be destroyed. Now I ask you, Mick... And you are under oath, I remind you. Oh, I don't have to be. I tell the truth, General. Under that example that I have just provided, did China lead the world's efforts to confront the Chinese Wuhan virus? And I remind you, you're under oath, Mick. No. Correct. You are correct. You will not be charged with perjury. Now, second, the Chinese state media say that the People's Republic of China should be thanked and rewarded for its efforts. Now, you are remaining under oath. Should we thank China for their efforts in the destruction of samples and in keeping the virus hidden and suppressed and lying about it and lying to the World Health Organization when they knew it was spread with person-to-person contact but told the WHO it is not? Should we thank China and reward them for that? Uh, you. Correct. No, F, you. Very good, Mick. You're really on a roll now. And lastly, that President Xi is the instrumental element that ties mutually beneficial Chinese and global efforts together. I ask you, Mick, is President Xi instrumental in the mutual efforts or in the efforts to hide and lie and destroy the information and intel about the Chinese Wuhan virus? I ask you, Mick. That would be B, the latter that you've just described. You are correct. Three for three, Mick. I'm very impressed. That doesn't happen very often with you, but it did happen. Very impressive. (laughs) President Xi leads the Chinese Communist Party regime. There is nothing 
that is mutually beneficial about their efforts and global efforts. Not with the United States, not with Italy, not with Spain, not any country in the world. This ties back to only one criminal source. That is China and the Chinese Communist Party. It ties back to China for multiple reasons. For the last 20, 25 years, maybe longer, World health organizations have been after the Chinese communist regime to shut down and outlaw the sale or consumption of exotic mammals. Why? Because we have seen over and over, SARS is one example, other respiratory diseases, other viruses that have transferred from bats that bite exotic animals or their droppings go where that is eaten by exotic mammals, whether it is a civet, which is a type of a, in the cat family, or it is a snake or any other exotic mammal or other animal. The world has been after China to shut those markets down, to eliminate them, to make it illegal. What has the Chinese regime done? Answer, nothing. They've allowed it to go on. Oh, now finally... After 25 years, they just shut down the Chinese market where this virus supposedly was ground zero. Why are they so late? Why have they not done this sooner? They had 25 years, 30 years to do it. They never did it. Many of the Chinese people, even though they were rural and now they're living in cities and they have become more civilized and uh, gone into the middle class more not cultures, but a little bit more educated, more worldly, if you will. But one thing that hasn't changed is their, their old beliefs that eating many of these exotic mammals has spiritual powers and medicinal powers. Many Chinese people still have disgusting, filthy dining habits. They may live in the city, but they are still primitive. It is primitive. It is disgusting. It is unsanitary to eat Exotic mammals bitten by bats. Period. Nowhere else in the world does that. Have we seen any of these respiratory ailments come from other countries? Now, there was the Middle Eastern respiratory syndrome. That was because of a camel. I don't know if somebody ate a camel or what the case was. Who the hell knows? But I can tell you we've seen whatever. We've seen multiple diseases, viruses come from China. China has done nothing. The Chinese people, many of them, living in cities, living in modern civilization, are still living in the dark ages when it comes to dining. That is number one. Could have stopped it right there. When it was discovered, they could have easily said to the entire world, we have discovered this. We've got a doctor that discovered this. We are going to RNA this. We're going to quarantine everything. We advise everybody to shut down travel. We need to contain this for the benefit of the rest of the world. China lied about it well over a month. President Xi Jinping was made aware in early January about the true severity of the Chinese Wuhan virus. He said nothing for nine days, announced nothing, did not act nine days. In fact, he and Communist Party officials allowed a giant potluck dinner 
with 50,000 people to go on. Think about this, the number of people, the infection, the transmission in Wuhan and in, uh, in that province where Wuhan uh, sits. They allowed that to go on. They knew they had a problem and did nothing. They lied about the symptoms. They lied about what was happening. They told the World Health Organization, can't be spread human to human. They're untrustful. They're untruthful. And Mick, this is the camel that breaks the Chinese, uh, this, is, this is the straw that breaks the Chinese camel's back, if you will. You know in Europe, Asia, Africa, I talked about this last week, China has the One Belt, One Road Initiative, OBAR. The One Belt, One Road Initiative, where they were going into all these countries and continents, Europe included. They were spending loads of money on infrastructure. The countries had no money to pay for it, so they took loans from the Chinese banks, had to use Chinese contractors, Chinese workers. You default, guess what happens? The Chinese communist regime owns the project, whether it's a bridge, a railway, a port, an airport, a power station. And so... The Chinese started infiltrating into governments and telling, dictating to governments how they wanted them to act, like they do to the Chinese people. And there was a huge backlash before this really exploded. But now, this is the camel that broke the Chinese camel's back. People in the Europe, Asia, in, in uh, Africa, they're fed up. The world is fed up with the Chinese. Enough is enough. President Xi is a blatant liar. The Chinese communist regime, blatant liars. And I'm not done. When we come back, we'll talk about holding China accountable for the Chinese Wuhan virus. We'll hold accountable American companies and CEOs for allowing their supply chains to be transferred over to China. All our manufacturing, all our medications, all our pharmaceuticals. What's the danger in that? Oh, India which makes a huge number, huge amount of generic drugs, has announced that because they've got the Chinese coronavirus issue going on, they will now not allow any drugs out of the country. We're screwed. It's time to wake up. Fundamental change is needed. The General is always on Twitter, delivering breaking news, giving you the latest intel on cigars, and battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with the General now at Cigar Dave Show. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Tradition 
traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy and Chinese virus sanitation maneuvers performed, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. All my cigars have been hermetically sealed to protect from the Chinese Wuhan virus. They are secured, they are locked in an underground vault to make sure that any type of bacteria, virus, will not permeate the General's cigar supply. I'm pulling out an Alec Bradley American Classic Connecticut. I think we celebrate America over these next few weeks. We've had an American theme. America is at war against the Chinese Wuhan virus. We shall win. We shall defeat the enemy as we have in World War II and every other major confrontation. So the Alec Bradley American Classic Blend, a classic all-American cigar. Alan Rubin, the founder of Alec Bradley Cigars, named after his two sons, Alec and Bradley Rubin, wanted to recreate a cigar that had that old-style Tampa premium taste back in the... 40s, 50s, even in the 60s, Tampa was making great handmade cigars. Unique taste. Wanted to recreate that. So he created a very unique blend with a Honduran Connecticut wrapper, a Nicaraguan binder, and some Nicaraguan and Honduran fillers. Created a mellow, mild to medium bodied, smooth, very satisfying cigar. Touch of sweetness, nice finish, very pleasant, very approachable. You can enjoy it any time, day or night, in the right price point as well. Not going to break the bank. And in honor of Mick the Brit, I pulled out the Churchill size. Seven inches in length, 48 ring gauge or 48 inch, so probably about three quarters of an inch in diameter. You're looking at this particular cigar in the roughly seven and a quarter retail price, seven seven fifty, depending on where you go, not including taxes. Comes in five six different sizes. Beautiful looking cigar, nice oily shiny wrapper, the Alec Bradley American Classic Blend. That is what I shall enjoy today. Cigar altering and highly sharpened leaf exposing device. Self-sharpening, double-edged stainless steel guillotine in my right hand that has also been properly sanitized with UV lights and other high scientific products. Make sure that the Chinese Wuhan virus 
has been destroyed, has been decimated, has been blown off the face of the earth. You know what? I wouldn't mind blowing the Chinese Communist Party off the face of the earth. Chinese people, good people, no problem. It's their Chinese Communist regime that we must destroy. But I tell you what, I'd like to put them, I'd like to take President Xi's head and stick it right in this guillotine. I'd make a massive guillotine. Boom. Finish him. We continue. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Well, from the Cigar Dave R&D laboratories, as they would say in Britain, in the UK, the research and development team came up last week with a very unique lightation device, calling it the CCK, the Chinese Kami Killer. This thing looks like an absolute flamethrower. Take a listen to this. Oh, yeah. You get President Xi and all those Chinese commie bastards? Let me have them. Between the guillotine and the CCK litation device, the Chinese commie killer will get rid of them all once and for all. Enough. Time to rid the world of those Chinese commie pricks. We continue. Cigar Cigar pre-litation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two... One. Perfect cut. As always, let me take my CCK litation device and Mick the Brit joining us from the his, his special bunker, World War II era bunker underneath his residence in a classified secure location somewhere in the British countryside, in the British theater of operations overseeing all of the European theater. Mick, you don't think I have too much hate for the Chinese Communist Party, do you? I wouldn't say too much. I don't think you've got enough. <laughs> Good answer, Mick. By the way, I've got Pendragon's Royal Baron, who just celebrated his second birthday about a week ago. He is sitting next to me. Do you realize, Mick, he is now about twice the size as you are? He is about <laughs> two times as tall as Mick, you. Mick, what are you, like 4'4", four, 4'5"? Four, four, what, what, what's uh, your height? No, uh, no, five, four, thank you. Oh, standing up. Yeah, mm, standing okay. up. I hate to tell you this. He's probably about seven, four, standing up. <laughs> yeah, mm, all, all four, right. four legs. Mark right. <laughs> five, Mick. He's got five, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh-huh. Going to be a great breeder for Pendragon Acres. Mm, okay. Outstanding. Great draw. It's American classic. Blend, absolutely fantastic. Nice flavor. Nice. I, th- I love everything Alec Bradley makes. I really do. No matter what factory it comes from, whether it's Honduras, Nicaragua, Dominican, every single product that Alec, every single cigar that Alec Bradley creates, when Alan Rubin and uh, Ralph Montero get together, they really create some incredible cigars. I've got a humidor full of them, and people say, well, wh- what's your favorite? And the answer is, I can't tell you that. The reason I can't tell you is because there's so many great cigars. Their Max is a hidden gem, reasonably priced. I love the lineage. Their uh, uh, Tempest can't go wrong with. The Black Market, the Prensado Lost Art. Every one of them they make, fantastic, including some of their newer cigars. The Gatekeeper, which we featured for our January Officers Club. Phenomenal cigars. Cannot go wrong. They've got a cigar for every single palate and every single budget. Cannot go wrong with Alec Bradley. All right, I need something to accompany 
this lovely Alec Bradley American Classic Connecticut. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Well, we're going to go to Jamaica, man. Yeah, man. You want some ganja, man? We're going to Jamaica. We're going to the Appleton Estate, where rum has been been distilled going back to 1749, but it is believed that the origins of the Appleton Estate go back to Sir Francis Dickinson in 1665. But since 1749... All Appleton Estate rum has been produced, has been distilled, known for its flavor characteristics, its quality, and I've got a bottle right now of the Appleton Estate Signature Blend. They use 15 select age rums. No rum is aged for less than four years. There's no age statement on the bottle, but you can figure about four years is going to be the average. Let me open it up here now. I've got... Our buddy Danny O'Williams, who was on our St. Patrick's Day Irish Whiskey Tasting Maneuver show. Hard to believe that was like two weeks ago. That is, it seems like two years ago. Gave me two very unique glasses. It's called the Neat Ultimate Spirits Glass. They have won umpteen different medals. I mean, like eight different awards, changing how the way, uh, changing the way that connoisseurs enjoy their spirits and it's called neat naturally engineered aroma technology and the first thing i noticed about this glass it's not like my normal whiskey snifter it's very short very squatty we will uh, put pictures at cigardave.com and social media if it's right in the palm of my hand it's maybe about three inches high but it's very wide it's probably oh i would say probably three three and a half inches wide this reminds me of a wine decanter. If you look at a wine decanter, the very bottom, it's very wide, very flat to allow the wine to breathe, the esters to volatize. And this is the same type of example. When you look at it, it's very unique on the bottom, but it has a very wide opening, not a narrow opening. So when I go to take a sip, my entire nose and the nasal cavity is just surrounded by the aroma of the spirit. So you get the incredible intense aromas you get ready to drink, and then it goes down the palate, so it is absolute otolaryngological, otolarin, let me see, wait a minute. Otolarin, otolaryngology. Otolaryngological, <laughs> I believe I'm close on that, which is an ear, nose, and throat, but otolaryngological ecstasy. You're getting it in the throat, you're getting it in the nose, you're getting it uh, just everywhere. Ears, even in the ears too, because you, 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 the sense is you drink the spirit. So I'm going to pour some of this Appleton Estate just a little bit into this new, a unique, neat spirits glass. And as I tell you about the bouquet, wow, this really, this glass, I can swirl around the spirit, this beautiful Appleton Estate Signature Blend Rum, massive amounts of aroma Ooh, and it just surrounds just my just the whole nose it's fantastic perfectly balanced getting some citrus some fruit some orange peel little molasses wow all right let me go ahead and say cheers that didn't sound too well let me try this again maybe the glasses 
Yep, you don't get that clink that you do on a regular whiskey snifter. So let me go ahead right now and take a sip. Mmm. Mmm. Oh, lovely. Just a exotic finish. Just fruity, little sweetness, little citrus. This is not an expensive rum. You're looking somewhere around 25 to 30, probably 20 to 35 bucks, depending on where you go. But I've seen the signature for as low as $19 or $18.99. Very reasonably priced. You will enjoy this rum. And this glass, I mean, I'm holding it in the palm of my hand right now, is absolutely fantastic. Just holding this, swirling around the rum, and now I go to take a sip. My entire nose is immersed into the glass. Mm. Total aromatic and taste experience. Fantastic. So, let me take another puff of my Alec Bradley American Classic. Excellent. Take a sip of my Appleton Estate rum. Mm. Mick, tell me, what cigar and libation have you mm. lit and poured for the National Cigar or International Today Cigar Litation and Libation yes, Ceremony? Indeed. Yeah, it's uh, a Guantanamo. Guantanamo or Guantanamera? Oh, Guantanamera. Yeah, sorry. Uh-huh. Yeah, Guantanamo is yeah. the base, the military base. That's right. They don't roll cigars so, down there, Mick. Yeah, it's a Guantanamera. Didn't they write a song about that? Yes, and uh, Guantamera. Yeah, I'm not going to sing and, that, but that is correct. Yeah, thank you. And uh, my libation, General, is because of the great weather, the very Florida-esque weather we've been having here all week. Um, I've gone for vodka and pineapple. Vodka and pineapple, very interesting. Russian vodka, yes. Smirnoff. Spirnoff, Miss, Mr. Mick, Mick the Brit, perhaps we should have MI6, Mr. Robert Mueller, come to your special underground bunker to investigate you. Drinking Smirnoff, Soviet, Russian vodka. Big problem, my friend, big problem. Well, um... I, but don't yeah, worry, Mick, um, we, won't throw, <laughs> we won't throw you in the clink. You're okay. Uh, one other oh, thing I should God. say, that Jamaica, for many years, known for outstanding cigars. Here are some names. Yeah. Royal Jamaica. When yes. it was made in it before transfer production from Jamaica to Dominican, great cigars. You had Monte Cruz that was made in Jamaica. Temple Hall Estates, one of my favorites from General Cigar. And Macanudo, made in Jamaica for many years before transferring production to the Dominican Republic when there was all sorts of political unrest in Jamaica. But great cigars. So that Temple Hall, Royal Jamaica, fabulous. Macanudo as well. Fab, fantastic cigars. Can't go wrong. On a serious note, Mick. You contacted me earlier this week. Yeah. Sister the Brit, or that would be Deborah the Brit, yes. you believe has the Chinese Wuhan virus. Explain, uh, tell us her symptoms and how she is doing. Okay. Well, uh, somebody came, uh, she was at work and uh, her, her colleague's son had a cough and wasn't feeling too good. And so uh, this woman still came into work. But the advice has been if you know anybody that's you think's got it, you have to isolate as well. Well, anyway, two days later, my sister goes down with it. And what she's actually got, General, she had a headache, 
feeling feverish, also wiped out, just just not herself, you know, kind of like how I would feel if I had had a hangover. And um, it, and this thing, it's sort of shifted to her chest. She thought she was going to develop that cough, but she didn't, and she's kind of getting better. But this thing comes in waves. It comes and goes in waves. You think you're going to get better. You think you're, you know, on the you've peaked out, and you're going down on the slope downwards to good health. Uh, but no, it comes back again. Well, when the test is available to determine if someone has antibodies for the Chinese Wuhan virus, I will absolutely take that test. I had a yeah. terrible upper respiratory infection, cough, uh, bronchitis in late January, early February, as you know. It lingered for about six weeks. Uh, well, generally. less than that. But but the, the cough, the dry, hacky cough lingered for about six weeks. But I was, I was at home for two weeks. Uh, in fact, we, we did not commence broadcast maneuvers uh, during, I think, one or two of those weeks because I was so out of it under the weather. People have said, maybe you had the Chinese Wuhan virus. I have no idea. There's only one way to find out. When the test is available, I will take it. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I have absolutely no idea. However, there is one person in the world that believes that she may have had it. And she has been out of the spotlight now for, oh, I don't know, maybe two, three weeks since the Chinese Wuhan virus has uh, taken the limelight from her. I am talking about little Greta. Little Greta. How dare you? How dare you, Chinese coronavirus, take the spotlight away from me? How dare you? How dare you all? Do you realize that I have been in the spotlight and now I am not in the spotlight? How dare all you people? I need the attention. I need the spotlight. I need to have money coming my way. I need to win the Nobel Peace Prize. How dare you all? Well, Swedish climate activist Greta Thunberg said that it was extremely likely she had contracted the Chinese Wuhan coronavirus after experiencing several symptoms following a trip to Central Europe. She said, and I quote, now she didn't say this, but I'm sure her father... Sven or Svengali or whatever his name is, wrote, around 10 days ago, I started feeling some symptoms. I was feeling tired, had shivers, a sore throat, and coughed. Oh, she coughed. Said on Instagram, Thunberg said the symptoms emerged after a return trip around Central Europe and that she and her father had isolated themselves as a precaution. Now, Thunberg said she has not been tested, but it's extremely likely that she had it given the combined symptoms and circumstances and that she is now basically recovered and saying also that she almost didn't feel ill. So wait a minute. She says she almost didn't feel ill but had all the symptoms of Chinese Wuhan virus, tired, shivers, sore throat, coughed, and says, I didn't take a test, but it was extremely likely. You have no idea. This is nothing more than her father throwing little Greta, how dare you, back into the public spotlight so nobody would forget about it. One more time, Sergeant Steve, hit it. How dare dare you, how dare you all. This is about the fact that she has not been in the limelight. People have forgotten about her. They don't know who she is. Nobody gives a damn about the climate, supposed climate crisis right now. We've got a pandemic crisis, the Chinese Wuhan virus crisis. And I'm getting a kick out of the fact 
that many people are saying that this would be a great time to really even further crack down on climate because the spread of the Chinese Wuhan virus may have been caused because of climate change, because of the heat. Please, give me an absolute break. Speaking of which, we shall take a short time out. Mick the Brit joins us from the European Theater of Operations. We will continue front and center. We're not done talking about the Chinese and the Chinese Wuhan virus. You, you need to add some alpha to your Facebook news feed. By following The General, you'll get the latest intel in the world of cigars. Info on the show each week and see what The General is smoking. Click like at Facebook.com slash Cigar Dave. Cigar Dave Officers Club members receive three great cigars monthly that I personally select. For March 2020, I've got two beauties. First up, members will receive two CAO sessions, Sit, Smoke, Chill. Wrapped in a deep, dark Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, the CAO session is medium in body, notes of cream, pepper, cinnamon, nuts, chocolate, an all-day cigar. And then... A very unique cigar no longer available that I was personally able to get my hands on for our Officers Club members, the CAO Orellana, the fourth in the Amazon series, a very mysterious cigar wrapped in a Brazilian Cubra wrapper that is aged six years. It is unique, mysterious. You will love it. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club. $22.95 per month. You get three great cigars per month like the CAO Orellana and the CAO Session. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and join right now. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. As we wrap up this hour, Mick the Brit joins us from his special World War II era bunker, secure in the European Theater of Operations. And very quickly, for those of you that are members of the Officers Club, slight delay on shipping. We believe they're going to go out early next week. Our March selections, CAO, two fantastic selections. But we will confirm, as everything, things are a little bit on the static side. Or I shouldn't say a little bit on the on the crazy side right now when it comes to shipping. So we'll have an email that we will sh- send out. We're hoping early to mid next week, later than we normally do. But with the circumstances, you can certainly understand. All right, Mick, keep your cigar General. properly toasted. Keep your libation yeah. filled. Next hour, 
We've got to talk about the airline bailout package. Boeing getting bailed out. Cheesecake Factory. Two billion in revenue. Two weeks into this thing, they can't pay their rent. I've got loads more to get to. (laughs) We are just scratching the surface of the Chinese Wuhan virus and everything around it. Special edition of the Cigar Dave Show. We'll keep you informed. Why? Because as alphas, we're all smart as hell. Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General General Cigar Cigar Dave. Dave. is a special presentation of the Cigar Dave Show. America at war with the Chinese virus. With the latest intel, here's the Global General, Cigar Dave. We have dramatically changed how we live and how we work, how we interact with people the past two weeks. We never heard of social distancing before the Chinese Wuhan virus. We didn't see mass numbers of people working from home telecommuting. We didn't see our supply chain interrupted. We didn't see the entire country wipe out shelves of toilet paper. Things have changed dramatically in two weeks, but for our remaining hour, you have come to a home of reason. We look at things reasonably, analytically. We don't panic. We don't get overly fearful. We look at things with a totally rational, clear lens. The General, your global Alpha Five Star Commanding General, along with Mick the Brit, joining us in the European Theater of Operations from his World War II-era secure bunker, safely confined away from the Chinese Wuhan virus and Boris Johnson, the British Prime Minister, so Mick does not get that. But Mick, things have changed so dramatically. The traffic, I I can just tell you the traffic in the Cigar City of Tampa, highways. Normally when I go from the Pleasure Palace to Command Center Alpha, our world headquarters, it's normally, it's maybe about a, it's three miles, very close to, to the Pleasure Palace. But there's traffic, there's some lights. In the morning, sometimes it would take me anywhere between seven minutes, sometimes ten. I'd say on average, it takes me like three minutes now. There's no traffic. I hit the light, maybe I do it in like two and a half minutes. Things, it is just eerie. You pass by malls, you pass by office buildings, you pass by, by strip centers, no traffic, no cars, very eerie. And I think some of the changes that we're seeing are here to stay. I'll give you a perfect example, social distancing. I think we're going to see that take place during flu season between October and April. Many of us take flu shots. If you don't, you're a moron. But 
even with a flu shot, you can still contract the flu because the flu shot, usually the, the health professionals work on three or four different viruses they think are going to be active, and they do this in the spring. So they're already working now, March, April, May, June, for the flu season next year. So they're already working on a vaccine, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to cover all the flu strains. But I think we'll see more social distancing. I think also working... Go ahead, Mick. I was going to say, General, yeah, but this social distancing thing, it it is a new phenomenon. Um, And uh, I was in a shop and uh, I said to the woman who was serving behind the counter, I said, this social distancing, I said, it must be very frustrating for you that you can't get any closer to me. Fortunately, she laughed. I'm sure, Mick. And by the way, in just a few minutes, I've got some great pickup lines dealing with the Chinese Wuhan virus. We'll get to that in a little bit. But one of the other things that is here to stay, I believe, people that are able working from home. I'll give you a perfect yes. example. A friend of mine owns a company in Texas. We've got, uh, I don't know, about 30 people that, that, that are employed. It's got offices, I think, eight, ten thousand 10,000 square feet, something like that. Every employee for the past... I think he told me week, eight days, something along those lines, has been working remotely. They're customer service people. They have like three customer service people that, that take answer calls, uh, a sales, technical assistance, that kind of thing. They're all working remotely. The calls are able to forward to their computer. They've got all the technology to do that. A lot of their sales reps working remotely. Their accounting people working remotely. He's been working remotely. And he said, my, my lease is done. My office lease is done the end of the year. And he said, I'm at a point now where do I want to go ahead and renew that lease? In fact, he said, talking to most people in my company, they all love it. The fact that they can wake up and they're ready to go. They can sleep later. They can deal with their kids. It's a little bit easier taking them to school. He said, maybe we'd meet twice a week, three times a week in the office for an hour or two. But I don't need 10,000 square feet. We can probably create an office that's 2,000 square feet, 2,500 square feet, and allow people to work remotely. But there are times when we may need to have meetings, all hands on deck. We can certainly do that. We'll have places for people, a small area they can work if they want to come in. But I think that is here to stay. I don't know what it's like in, in the U.K., Mick, but in the United States, many people I speak with say they wouldn't mind that. The only thing they miss is the social interaction. But if they could do it, they said three days a week work from home, that would be great. What are you seeing in Europe? Exactly the same here, especially in London, General, the capital of uh, England. Um, lots of people, especially on a Friday, they'll, they'll, they'll um, not come in to work on a Friday, uh, choosing to work from home. But what you've just said there is you're spot on, is absolutely right. And it, like you say, it doesn't necessitate the building of great big office tower blocks uh, now so much, perhaps, with a new way of thinking about things. A tower block. Yeah. Um, what do you call them? Um, a skyscraper. Yeah, sorry. All right, yeah. yeah sorry, yes. thank you for uh, translating for me. Yes. By the way, I am looking at the one of my monitors, and the South Dakota governor, Christy Noam, Republican from South Dakota, I would make her an honorary member of the general's harem. Quite uh, an attractive mm-hmm. gov. I will tell you that. She's definitely hotter than any of the other governors I've seen lately. Very impressive, Mick. Yeah, lots of the others, you would have social distancing, but with her, you'd make an exception, right? Oh, absolutely. Let me put it this way. She, total antithesis of Theresa May. 
She looks young, she looks attractive, and she's probably got some very good dance moves as opposed to Theresa May, who's, I'm telling you, Mick, when they do an autopsy on her in 50 years when she's gone, they will find about a two-by-four stick right up her ass, preventing her from any sort of movement whatsoever. (laughs) The woman has no rhythm any way, shape, or form. But (laughs) I may want to move to South Dakota at least for a couple of months in the summer. Very impressive. All right, let's talk about what took place Yesterday and earlier this week, yesterday, the House voted for the Senate bill, a $2.2 trillion economic relief rescue package. And in the highlights, amongst the dollars for various industries, there is up to $50 billion plus for the airline industry. Cash for the airlines. Now, last week, I talked about Airlines for America. They submitted a proposal to the government. They wanted $25 billion in a grant to be able to pay their employees until August. Basically free money. Here's $25 billion airlines, no problem. That's the first thing. They wanted $25 billion. Then they wanted $25 billion in a, in a uh, zero-interest, non-secured loan. Now, any way, shape, or form, For us to give the airlines $25 billion, number one, as a grant, that is a non-starter for me. But number two, for the airlines to request a $25 billion loan with absolutely no collateral at zero interest is absolutely unacceptable to me. Well, let's take a look at what we saw in the bill. Airlines are to get $25 billion in grants of which they must use that to retain employees until, I believe, uh, they're prohibited from enacting furloughs, pay cuts, or benefit cuts through September 30th. That's one month longer than what the airlines originally had put forth. Secondly, $25 billion in government-backed loans. However, they are going to be interest-bearing, and they're going to be secured by assets, whether it is unencumbered aircraft or unencumbered landing slots or their frequent traveler programs, which are worth a lot of money, they would be prohibited. Or To get that $25 billion, it would have to be secured with an interest rate. Don't know what the interest rate is. I think they were talking somewhere in the 7% or 8% area. Further, President Trump, And Secretary of the Treasury Steve Mnuchin said that as part of the deal, the U.S. government, the taxpayers, would get either warrants, preferred stock, or some sort of stock, the ability for them when stock prices go up and their businesses go up, the American taxpayer not only would get their loan paid back, but they would cash in on the increase in stock price. That's only fair. That's what Warren Buffett would do. That's the same deal that Warren Buffett would do. No ifs, no ands, no buts. So I can tell you that looking at this bill, from what the airlines originally wanted to what they're going to get, two different things. Now, some other various restrictions. The airlines would be prohibited from exercising exercising stock buybacks, stock repurchases, or paying dividends through September of next year. Well, not so fast. I say, number one, they should be prohibited 
for the length of the loan until the U.S. taxpayer is paid back in full. Not only the $25 billion that in a loan, but the $25 billion in grants to keep their employees working through September 30th. No stock buybacks, no dividends, and further, no executive compensation worth more than four. They said 425000 I would have said no compensation for the top three officers the remainder of this year and very lit, limited, maybe 200000 next year. They're only prohibiting raises through March 24, 2020 for those whose total compensation was 425000 or more last year. Now, here's the other thing that I feel that the airlines, and, and, we, and I'll get into why the airlines screwed up, but after the loan is paid back, after the U.S. government gets a $25 billion, the deal that I would make with the airlines saying, you can't pay dividends, you cannot do any stock buybacks until every American taxpayer, uh, until the loans are paid back and we've gotten the $50 billion back in full with interest. And what I would tell them is, after that, you will put 50 or 75% of all free cash flow after capital expenditures into a rainy day emergency fund that would sit collecting interest to be used down the road, whether it's five years, 10 years, 50 years, 100 years. So the next black swan event that comes in, you won't be begging the government for funds. And as I said last week, the top four major airlines, American, Delta, United, Southwest, they bought back their stock. Over the past five years, they took 96% of their free cash flow and bought $41.1 billion of stock. They bought it back. Now, why do companies want to buy back stock? Why do the boards authorize this? Why are the executives so keen on buying back stock? Now, they will tell you it is to enhance shareholder value. Because they go out, there's less shares and less float, more demand for the stock, the stock goes up. Then they will also tell you that it's good for the shareholder because now with fewer shares, there's more earnings per share. Both are true. In fact, many of the airlines went in and went into the market, not when the stock prices were down, but were on the way up. Now, why do the executives and the board want that so badly? Why didn't they take, out of that $41 billion, why didn't they take $20, $30 billion and say, let's go ahead and put that into an emergency fund? I'll tell you why. Companies buy back stock for one and only one reason, to goose executive compensation. Let's take a look at how executives are compensated. They all get relatively small salaries. And when I say relative, you look at the executives of these airlines, Many of them, 750000 a year, a million. That's real money. That's a lot of money. No ifs, ands, or buts. But their big money comes in from their bonuses. When the stock price hits a certain target, earnings per share. So what happens when an airline goes out and buys their own stock, or any company? When there's more demand for that stock, more people want the stock, what happens is the stock price goes up, supply and demand. If there's more buyers than sellers, hey, Stock goes up. So the airline executives, when they have provisions saying that their part of their performance bonus will be based on the closing share price, 
and a quarter on a year, and the stock price is up, cha-ching. The second thing that I explained last week, earnings per share. I used a very simple analogy. When there is 1,000 shares outstanding, and your company makes hypothetically $1,000, the earnings per share is a dollar. 1,000 shares divided by $1,000, $1. Now, Mick, what happens when a company goes out and says, we're going to buy stock in the open market, we're going to do a share buyback, instead of 1,000 shares, you now have 500 shares. And let's just say, for simplicity's sake, the company made the exact same amount they did this year as last year. So last year, there's 1,000 shares divided by 1,000. This year, there's $1,000 in profit divided by 500 shares. Mick, what do you think happens? To the PE, is that what it's called, General? Earnings, no, up. EPS, earnings per it, share. Yeah, it that's doubles. what I meant. Yeah, yeah. So even though the net profit stays the same, the earnings per share double. And then you'll have all these Wall Street analysts. I've been on Wall Street calls. It is hysterical. These guys are the dumbest sons of bitches around. They sit there and they kiss the tuchuses of all these executives doing, doing earnings calls. And the executives will say, well, we bought back... Uh, 500 million worth of stock, and this year our earnings per share is is four dollars and twenty five cents compared to last year when it was uh, two dollars and ten cents. And all the announced, oh, congratulations on a wonderful quarter, great job. Oh, they pat each other on the back, but the reality is less earnings per, or less number of shares. It's the same earnings. It's a giant accounting hoax. It is a fraud. The airlines perpetuated this fraud. And here's the other fraud that airlines are now perpetuating on the American people. So the airlines are perpetuating another fraud upon you, the consumer, the American taxpayer, the people that are bailing out these executives, the executives at United, at American, at Delta, at Southwest, every one of them, every one of them should have been fired as part of the bailout. Furthermore, the boards of directors should all be replaced. They were complicit in the fraud perpetuated on the American people. They couldn't manage their own companies, their own businesses, by these ridiculous share buybacks. They were reckless. They were irresponsible. And now we have to bear, uh, buy these air, uh, bail out these airlines? I say let these son of bitches, sons of bitches, let them go chapter 11. Let them go bankrupt. Here's what will happen. The United States can come in, provide debtor and possession financing on much better terms than what we would have gotten. The employees would have still gotten paid. There would be some layoffs, no doubt about it. But the difference is now the creditors, the senior lenders, the bondholders, they would end up owning the company. The shareholders would get wiped out. The executive bonuses and perks wiped out. Let them go Chapter 11. That's what we should have done. But instead... The airlines, oh, we're vital. So the airlines want to consider themselves to be a utility that need to be bailed out? Then let's put massive restrictions. Let's change the seat pitch. There's got to be a minimum seat pitch between rows. You can't uh, downsize the bathrooms. you got to have minimum service levels. Because what the airlines are saying is, we're a utility. We're like the power company. We should have a minimum profit level. And if we don't, you got to bail us out. We better drive a hard bargain on these asses. I was going to say something else. On these asses, these horses' asses. All the executives, Oscar Munoz at United, William Douglas Doogie Parker at American, uh, at, uh, 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 at uh, Southwest, Gary Kelly, 
and at uh, Delta, Ed Bastian. Every one of them is guilty and complicit of screwing not only their own company, but of screwing the American taxpayer now because we have to bail these clowns out. And how else are they screwing you right now? Try getting a refund. By law, if a flight is canceled, any part of a flight, and the airline rebooks you, they have violated the terms of their agreement with you. Therefore, by law, you are entitled to a refund. I had to call Delta uh, a week ago. One of my flights was canceled. It was gonna, I wasn't going to go on the, the, the flight anyway, but they canceled it. Rebooked me. I called them up. It's 45 minutes on the phone. I said, I don't want a credit, and you can't get a refund online. They make you call. 45 minutes later, the agent was very nice. No problem. I got the refund processed a day later. I was supposed to come back from Cleveland to the Cigar City of Tampa with Cigar Mother Piera earlier this week. Flight was canceled. The day before, I called up, got right through to Delta, and I said, "Need my flight was canceled. The new flights don't work. I need to get a refund. First thing she said, well, would you like to get a credit instead? My answer, no, I want a refund. Okay, no problem. Took her about two minutes, came back on the line. We've processed your refund. It may take seven to ten days. Now, they've never told me that before. Normally, they say it takes one to three days. Now, when you buy your ticket, they, take, they hit your credit card immediately. But yet, when you go to get a refund, there's a one to three day delay. That's not right. But what they're doing now is because they're in a liquidity crisis, you go to call them, they're not even allowing you, if your flight is canceled, to get a refund. They're violating the law knowingly. They're violating federal law. I talked to a friend of mine, told me he talked to United. They said, no, we can only issue credits now. He said, I don't want a credit. I know the rights. I know, I know what the law is. Let me talk to your supervisor. She came on and said, well, we'll give you initial, an additional voucher. We'll give you this and that. He said, I want a refund. Very simple. By Department of Transportation orders, if a canceled flight is done, you got to give me a refund. Canceled flight comes through, you got to issue a refund. Well, United not issuing refunds. Delta now saying seven, eight days. How dare they, as Greta Van, or as Greta, Greta Thunberg would say. How dare they? So if you have reservations on one of the airlines and you have your flight canceled, you call them up and you demand a refund. You tell them by law. If any of you are not getting refunds, let me know. I'm about to file a class action lawsuit against Delta and maybe several other airlines. Let me know. Cigar Dave at CigarDave.com. Screw these bastard airline CEOs. Check out the all-new CigarDave.com. Get info on the cigars and libations the general enjoys during the show. Get recipes from the pooch pit and drink cocktails, too. You can listen to the show on our 24-7 stream or download the latest podcast to listen to anytime. Get it all at CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. 
Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. This is continuing coverage of America at War Against the Chinese Virus. Here's more from the Global General, Cigar Dave. And Mick the Brit joins us from the World War II vintage bunker underneath his residence in a classified secure location in the United Kingdom, England Theater of Operations. Mick, it should be very apparent that not only can I not stand the Chinese Communist Party, the regime... But I cannot stand these airline CEOs and the members of their board that were reckless in not saving and taking 96% of their free cash flow to buy stock instead of taking a significant portion of that and having that in an emergency fund. Now, think about that. If American would have had the $14 billion on hand, they wouldn't have needed to go to the government. Same thing with United, $10 billion, and Delta, $10 billion, Southwest, $8 billion. Instead, we are bailing these guys out. It is absurd. It is, as far as I'm concerned, unacceptable. Here's the other thing that's now happening. The airlines are saying to slow the spread of the coronavirus, they're eliminating or reducing food and drink services on most flights. This has nothing to... Now, yes, do they want to make sure that food, drink, there's no spread? That's easily... You can easily accommodate that without ending beverage or meal service american airlines and uh, southwest have both agreed now to let their flight attendants wear masks while on duty no problem with that southwest or i call it southwest suspended snack and beverage service on all flights until further notice started this past wednesday they're saying well it's due to health restrictions accordance with health officials baloney american airlines said it will only offer limited food and beverage on flights shorter than four and a half hours, no food will be served, only canned drinks will be offered. So if you're going from Tampa to Los Angeles, only canned drinks, no food. Longer flights, beverages will be served as usual, meals will be offered on long-haul international flights. So you're okay. it's okay to have meals on long-haul international flights, but not domestically. That's why they're full of bull, totally full of bull. Delta began reducing onboard services this week, eliminating alcoholic beverages, offering only bottled beverages. Only two snacks will be offered on flights less than 900 miles long. On longer flights, passengers are to get packaged meals along with snacks. 
Alaska Airlines will offer no food or drinks on flights shorter than 250 miles, including in first class, which is unheard of. On longer flights, only bottled beverages and packaged snacks will be handed out. Bottom line is, the airlines, because of their own incompetence, and let's talk, let's, let's name the guilty parties. Delta Airlines, Ed Bastian, CEO, or should I say Ed Bastard. American Airlines, they've got a three-time driving under the influence CEO by the name of William Douglas Parker, Willie Doogie, as I call him. Another giant failure. Oscar Munoz at United. He had a heart transplant about three, four years ago after he took the helm at uh, United. Unfortunately, they transplanted the wrong organ. They should have given him a brain transplant. He's another moron who's retiring, I think, mid-year and going to come away with a huge package. And then Gary Kelly at Southwest. Eh, Gary Kelly... Maybe not as guilty as these other parties. I'm not a Southwest fan, really don't care for the airline. But all these CEOs that said, let's go buy back stock, $41 billion over the last five years, all of them are guilty. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, they all should have been fired. I don't care how good they are, the rest of managing the company, they blew it on this. They should have all been given a kick in the ass out the door based on the bailout package. Cheesecake Factory, here's another winning company. They've got uh, 294 restaurants. Mick, have you ever been to the Cheesecake Factory? Yeah, there's one over at International Mall, isn't there? That is correct. Very close to Command Center Alpha. Correct. Now, they do, and I know this because I just pulled out their SEC 10Q filing, they do per year $2.5 billion in revenue. $2.5 billion in revenue. But their capital restraints or their capital, their balance sheet is so bad that the CEO has already, two weeks into this, not even a month, two weeks, has written a letter. Company chairman, CEO David Overton, whose parents founded the company, has written a letter to all their landlords saying, due to these extraordinary events, I'm asking for your patience and frankly for your help. We will not be able to pay rent on April 1st. Now, I looked at their balance sheet. Again, I'm not your typical radio or broadcast presenter. That's what you call them in, in Europe, Mick. Is it your presenter? Indeed we do, General, yes. The, re- the reality is most presenters here in the United States know nothing about business. Sergeant Steve, you're a longtime news talk program director before you elevated and became sergeant in the Alpha Army and doing other things. Never been happier, I might add. Is that not true? That is correct. Okay. Tell me, how many presenters, talk show hosts, did you deal with that knew, could read a balance sheet and talk about it proficiently? They would say, what is a balance sheet? (laughs) Correct. So I'm not the average presenter. Uh, Very well versed on business, finance, uh, since I majored in that, uh, took two majors at Syracuse University. So I should know these things. Well, I looked at the Cheesecake Factory's balance sheet. Now, first I looked at their total revenues last year. $2.5 billion in revenue. And when you look at their net income and add back their depreciation and amortization, which is a non-cash expense, they dropped $115 million to the bottom line. Low margin business, but $115 million. I'm looking as of December 31st at their year-end balance sheet. 
They're current assets, cash, accounts receivable, other assets. And you always look at it, you do a current test. Current assets minus current liabilities. Current means anything within the next year. Assets you have now, liabilities due within the, the, the next year. Normally, you want a current ratio. When you divide the current assets, divide current liabilities, you want one and a half to three. Anything less than one indicates liquidity problems. The Cheesecake Factory, multi-billion dollar restaurant chain, has a current ratio of 0.39. $244 million in current assets, $615 million in current liabilities. Any way you look at it, that is disastrous. So what's happening? They can't even make it two weeks being closed, and they now have to go to their landlord saying, well, we can't pay rent. Please work with us. We've had to lay everybody off. Now, Sergeant Steve, Mick the Brit, would you like to know why they don't have the proper current ratio? Let me let me give you both a guess. Would you like to take a guess as I to will, why? Go ahead, I Mick, will, you start. General. They don't have you working for them as an accountant. No. Sergeant Steve, would you care to take a guess? I'll give you a hint. Airline industry. Why they don't have the proper capital sitting there for a rainy day? Stock buybacks? You are correct, Sergeant Steve. In 2019, 18, and 17, they did $283 million worth of stock buybacks. Now think about that for a second. If they had $283 million in cash sitting there right now, they wouldn't have to beg and grovel to their landlords saying, we're a publicly traded major company, major restaurant chain, one of the largest in the country, yet we're so stupid as executives that we don't even have enough cash to pay you on April 1st. How absurd is that? Beyond absurd. I'll tell you what else is absurd. There is a potential condom shortage that is looming after the Chinese Wuhan virus locked down one of the world's top producers. Malaysia's Carex BHD makes one of every five condoms globally. They have not made a single condom from their three Malaysian factories in the past two weeks due to a lockdown imposed by the government to halt the spread of the Chinese Wuhan virus. You may know, you've heard the, Sergeant Steve, you ever heard of the brand Durex? Absolutely. Okay. Well, Durex made by these guys, you're going to see possibly a shortage. So consequently, they now have stopped production. The other major condom producing country, would you like to take a guess who it is? China. You would be correct. They have had factory shutdowns. India's got shutdowns. Thailand. So we could see a global spike. Now, I went to the the closest Walgreens to check the condom supply in the, what they call, family planning section. Always got a kick out of that. Family planning. It's more like alpha pleasure maneuver section as far as I'm concerned. They had a tremendous ass. supply. You want Trojan. You want Natural Lamb. You want Durex. You want condoms spiked and ribbed for her pleasure. You want Ultra Thin. You want Reservoir End or Plain End. You want Lubricated, Non-Lubricated. They've got them. But if you are worried, forget toilet paper. To me, condoms far more important than toilet paper. When we come back, 
Got a couple of sound bites that we will play. One from the CEO of the parent company of Lysol. Wait till you hear what he has to say about hand washing in the United States. And also, Brianna Keeler, CNN, went after Peter Navarro, blaming the Trump administration for the lack of masks and ventilators and all the other nonsense. But, as our good friend Lee Corso would say, not so fast, my friends. There's more to that story. The final concluding segment of this special Chinese Wuhan virus edition of the Cigar Dave Show with special guest Mick the Brit from his London bunker will come your way next. The General is always on Twitter. Delivering breaking news. Giving you the latest intel on cigars. And battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with the General now at Cigar Dave Show. Hi, I'm Rocky Patel. After 15 years of hard work, I'd like to introduce you to the Rocky Patel 15th anniversary cigar made at our factory in Esteli, Nicaragua. This cigar showcases a beautiful, oily Habano wrapper from Ecuador. Fillers from Esteli, Jalapa, and Condega make up a rich, complex, spicy taste with a lot of full flavor. The Decade, another one of our masterpieces. Made in Honduras, beautiful Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper with secret fillers. It received a 95 rating, one of the highest rated cigars ever in Cigar Aficionado. This medium to full bodied cigar is rich, complex, yet elegant and well balanced. 15 years ago, they thought we'd never make it in the business. 10 years ago, they thought we'd never last. Five years ago, they started paying attention. Now, we're right where we belong, in your hand. So enjoy the 15th anniversary and the decade these cigars will deliver. Cigar Dave Officers Club members receive three great cigars monthly that I personally select. For March 2020, I've got two beauties. First up, members will receive two CAO sessions, Sit, Smoke, Chill. Wrapped in a deep, dark Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, the CAO session is medium in body, notes of cream, pepper, cinnamon, nuts, chocolate, an all-day cigar. And then, a very unique cigar no longer available that I was personally able to get my hands on for our Officers Club members, the CAO Orellana. The fourth in the Amazon series, a very mysterious cigar wrapped in a Brazilian Cubra wrapper that is aged six years. It is unique, mysterious. You will love it. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club. $22.95 per month. You get three great cigars per month like the CAO Orellana and the CAO Session. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and join right now. Special coverage of America at War Against the Chinese Virus continues. With more, here's the Global General, Cigar Dave. All right, remaining minutes, we'll get to it. We talked about the potential condom shortage. Many factories closed down. Sergeant Steve and Mick the Brit each had something to add. Sergeant Steve. Well, I know that when it comes to condoms, you don't want any shortage. Very... Shecky Sergeant Steve over here. He should be opening up for Wayne Newton in Vegas when they reopen up. All right, Mick the Brit. Well, I was going to say, do you expect me to believe that, General? Very good, Mick. Very impressive. Now, I will say this, that there is a shortage. However, 
They make Trojan makes the Magnum, but they also make the Magnum XL. Do you know that it comes in a one thousand pack box? Were you aware of that? Not just a twelve or a thirty six. One thousand pack. Isn't that the General's edition? XL baby, Magnum XL. Because just a regular one, talk about short, just wouldn't work for me. A thousand, a thousand Magnum XLs, five hundred and forty nine ninety nine, worth every penny, no doubt about it. And if there is a shortage, guess what? I am fully stocked for the harem, so I will, I will start reselling them. Now, I don't want to gouge people, but I will perhaps add something else in. Maybe I'll throw in a special cigar, and I'll be able, instead of charging people for a 12-pack, $8.49, maybe I'll charge them $49.99 and put in a special cigar. There's ways around dealing with gouging. I'm just an entrepreneur. What can I tell you? All right. Um, one other thing. The nation's potato chip supply and snack food supply could also, not right now, but we have to keep an eye on it, could be in jeopardy. Frito-Lay in Modesto, California, they have shut down that plant temporarily after multiple employees showed signs of Chinese Wuhan virus. If people cannot get their Funyuns, their kettle chips, their Lays with ridges, their Ruffles, their Fritos, their Cheetos. We're going to have big problems in this country the next few weeks. That, I can tell you, we cannot allow that to happen. We will monitor that for sure. All right. This morning, or yesterday morning, I'm watching CNBC. And Becky Quick, one of the anchors, is speaking with Laxam Naraksaman who is the CEO of Reckitt Bensicker Group. Are you familiar with them, Mick? They're a British company. Really? I've not heard of them. Well, they are the parent company of Lysol, Airwick, Mucinex, and many other products. Clearly, they're operating their factories 24 hours, but he talked about shifts taking place with the consumer because of the Chinese Wuhan virus. And one of the things he talked about is that Reckitt Bensicker is creating a fund taking 1% of their operating profit to ensure access of their cleaning and sanitizing products and information to change behavior. And one of the behaviors he spoke about was hand washing. And he had an astonishing statistic on hand washing that totally threw me beyond disgusting. Make sure you're sitting down. You will be repulsed when you hear this. Uh, we did a partnership with TikTok. One statistic for you, you know, globally, only 17% of people wash their hands after going to the toilet. What? Um, the partnership at 17, 17%, this is a, this is a statistic, uh, <laughs> oh, you, know, from, uh, you know, you know, from, from UNICEF. By the way, it's not that if, if you look at the developed markets, look at the, the, the study done by the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, uh, a third of men and 64% of women wash their hands after going to the toilet. And despite the fact that 99% of people will tell you that they did, 99%, hand washing is a big deal. It is disgusting that only 17% worldwide wash their hands, a third of men. And I can tell you, I was at a restroom recently where I was at, there's multiple basins to wash your hands, multiple sinks. And so I started washing my hands. I use a lot of soap, warm water. I go for about 30 seconds. My father was, cigar, uh, uh, Dr. Z was a, a, a surgeon, and he taught me from a young age to properly wash your hands. So I am very thorough. 
I get the inside crevices. I get the nails. I get the between the fingers, the palms, the back. 30 seconds. They found that regular hand washing kills the Chinese Wuhan virus and other viruses and bacteria. So I'm washing, and I see this guy come out from one of the urinals, looks in the mirror, and I'm thinking, okay, he's going to go wash his hands, checks his hair, and walks out. I turned around, and I said, whoa, you're forgetting something. He's like, what that? What's that? I said, wash your hands. He's like, no, I didn't touch anything. I said, listen, do yourself a favor. If nobody had the, cur- or the, the correct, uh, just, just was smart enough to tell you, always wash your hands because you're in a bathroom, there's bacteria all over the place, and you're going to spread it to others, shake people's hands. Get in here and wash your hands. He looked at me, he goes, okay, I guess you're right. I said, I not guess. I said, let me tell you something. Next time you get a cold or you get some, uh, some not feeling well, it's because you didn't properly wash your hands, guaranteed. Disgusting. If you don't wash your hands, you are vile, you are repulsive, you are a subhuman pig. Wash your hands. Unbelievable. There's a lot of stupid people out there, my fellow alphas. I guarantee you wash your hands, but I know you know people that haven't. All right, quickly. We'll get just a part of this. Brianna Keeler, CNN, which has been going after the Trump administration. They've made mistakes. I've been, I've been constructively criticizing the president, the administration on things. Peter Navarro, overseeing the government effort to get more ventilators and supplies. Take a listen. She goes right after him, doesn't even allow him to speak. It was repulsive. The government was clearly ill-prepared for this. For their full the government was clearly ill-prepared for this. This is not something that, it, you know... This, these viruses happen and how awful they are, but they're things that happen. Your government knew in the summer when it did a drill that this, if this happened, this would be a problem and there was a lack of preparation, which is why you, we have you on to talk about the supply chain. Sure. Right now and, it looks like the capacity for the U.S. is going to be about 200,000 sure. ventilators and what experts are saying is that there could be a million needed. So are you going to be able to meet that de- demand? So, and are so, you aware, so first and all, is the president aware that, that relaxing restrictive measures is going to mean look, look, that you need more let, than let, that? Let me, let, me, let me bring you up on the history here of what, what we inherited. In '09, in when the Biden Obama administration had the H1N1 flu crisis, Peter, why are you wasting your time on this and on. not solving the problem that you have? You, Peter, why are you even you talking asked about me, this? You, you made the claim that this I administration was ill-prepared. I am trying... Run the I mean, tape. Fact, I just Peter. heard that. I, I run that the tape. Fact, you just said that. Peter. Now let me respond I'm, to that. I'm asking you. Let, let I'm asking respond, you if Brianna. you're going to be able to get to Brianna. a million Brianna, ventilators. Why do you? I, I'm to respond to you, and you keep like interrupting me. My question, like, Peter, is: Are you going to be able to get here. to a million? Let's can just you get have to a million conversation here. You keep talking not, in my ear, and you won't let me talk. Can may I speak, please? All right, Sergeant Steve, kill it right there. Here's the reality: Los Angeles Times and Bloomberg, not exactly right wing. News outlets reported that the nation's stockpile of N95 respirator max was depleted, depleted during the H1N1 swine flu epidemic in 2009. Under the Obama administration, the supply was depleted. They never replenished the supply despite two separate recommendations to do so. So, The media, the left-wing lib media can blame Donald Trump all they want. Look, I blame Donald Trump. He should have been more proactive early on, not saying, oh, it's like a cold, it'll magically disappear. But let's be factual. Let's be honest. The Obama administration depleted the supply of N95 masks and never replenished it. They did nothing. 
unacceptable. Let's point the blame where it really belongs. All right, Mick the Brit, listen, best to Mick uh, or uh, Deborah, sister of the Brit. I hope that uh, she gets better soon and that she did not have the Chinese Wuhan virus. Thank you, General. And stay safe, Mick. Stay in the bunker. And as always, Cigar Day of the General saying, Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. We'll get back to that. Long live the Alpha. Screw the Chinese communist regime. Screw the airline executives that have now cost taxpayers $50 billion. And to the Chinese Wuhan virus, your days are numbered. Stay safe, America. Stay safe, world. Screw the Chinese commies. We can't stand them.